This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. My guest is Roger Higgins, author of books about the fictional character, Billy Gogan. Hello, Roger. Hi, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing quite well. There's a lot of history in your novels about Irish immigrant Billy Gogan. Let's start with your personal history. Uh, You emigrated to the United States from England when you were six and three-quarter years old. I thought you you would have been of Irish origin. Uh, Not so, or you are, and you were living in England? No, I am uh, famously not of Irish origin, although I did have a running joke with my father many, many years ago when he was still alive that uh, with a name like Higgins, uh, you know, we we went to England and it took us 120 years to figure out that we'd gone the wrong direction before going west of the United States. <laughs> he see. didn't appreciate the joke very much. Probably but, uh, not. But when you got here to uh, America, and I, I've heard other interviewers ask you about this, it's really a neat detail. When you went to school here in America, you wore your British school uniform, which is sort of like what um, Harry Potter wears, right? I Absolutely. Yes, I did wear, I did wear that. And I got to, this is uh, March of 1963, so long before Harry Potter was a thing. And in fact, uh, little Lord Fauntleroy was the uh, was the, was the epithet used for uh, people who dressed like that in those days. Yeah. But I was very proud of it and uh, get done with the uh, uh, enrollment process. And the principal looks at me and asks very sweetly, "Would you mind? Do you think I should hold your uh, hat and your um, uh, and your tie? My tie was a clip on, you know." And uh, I said, "No, no. Where's the effect?" I got this covered. Well, all I'll say is that uh, when recess came at 10.20 and ended at 10.40, I still had my hat and my uh, my tie, but I didn't live down that uh, little introduction for the rest of the time I was at Sweetbriar Elementary School in uh, Smithtown, New York. But you didn't wear the uniform anymore after that? Oh, Lord, no. no. Nope. Neither the shorts, nor the shirt, nor the hat, nor anything. I think they, uh, remember seeing them in the closet years later. But <laughs> All right. Uh, then you uh, joined the, the U.S. Navy, had a, a career there, and y- your children, I believe, are one way or another connected with uh, the American military. But yes, I- I've got uh, four children, um, one of whom is uh, has been selected as a major in the Marine Corps. Oh. Um, the other, he's a uh, he's been in for a little over a decade now, and uh, he's a artillery officer and combined and does uh, combined arms uh, coordination. Um, and I've got another son who was a sergeant in the uh, Marine Corps, and they ended up. Uh, they were both in Afghanistan at the same time a few years ago and ended up having lunch together before one went to one end of the country and the other to the other end. Wow. Well, again, thanks to your whole family for your service. Um, but then after your Navy career, you became a lawyer. I believe you kind of specialized in bankruptcy law. Uh, yeah. and, and now you're writing books. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I, I, I retired from the Navy in the 1990s. Um, became a lawyer in 1996, and I've been a bankruptcy and restructuring lawyer uh, pretty much ever since. And I've, uh, uh, you know, been doing that for you know close on 20 years now, I suppose. And uh, a few years ago, as I was leaving a uh, my very large law firm and setting up my own practice with my now former partner and uh, now federal bankruptcy judge, uh, Jan Baer, uh, 
I started uh, writing uh, the Billy, what became Billy Gogan American, the first uh, the first book, which was published a couple of years ago. Billy Gogan America is your first book, and uh, Billy Gogan, your fictional character, unlike yourself, is from Ireland. Why did you choose to write about an Irish immigrant? Well, I so I had this vision, and and this really comes back to why. Billy is Irish, why Billy is, is who Billy is. I had this vision, um, and really is the opening scene in Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier, of this somewhat forlorn, um, little shell-shocked young man marching post on top of uh, the dune on uh, San Jose Island, uh, on, the, on the north side of the what is now the Aransas Cut, on the, uh, going into Port Aransas, uh, on the, along the uh, Texas Barrier Islands. Mm-hmm. And this was the place where the American Army established a temporary uh, way station slash depot to transport men and material uh, from uh, transfer from the larger ships coming from uh, New Orleans to lighter craft that went down the uh, uh, Aransas Bay into Corpus Christi Bay to where the American Army was uh, setting up camp in what's today uh, downtown Corpus Christi, along, roughly along, uh, there's an esplanade there, a beautiful uh, esplanade. Um, and that's where the American Army stayed for about a little less than eight months, Mm-hmm. Uh, just prior to the beginning of the Mexican-American War. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's what you're talking about, is the Mexican-American In, War. That, yeah. Yeah, 1846 so. through 1848, and your Billy Gogan uh, is a soldier in that war. He is a soldier in that war, and that's right. Thanks for lending some context to that, because this is the dawn of American imperialism. This is the first time... The United States really meaningfully and successfully takes a step to invade another country and to uh, and ultimately to take half that country away uh, to become what what uh, became uh, the, the the American South, Texas, the American Southwest, and California. Mm. And, and it's a it's a war that most people. If they've heard of it, they're only the most dimly aware of it. Mm-hmm. And yet, it really was it was a proving ground for uh, uh, the American officer corps that fought in the American Civil War two decades later. Um, it set up uh, the border that is in the headlines every day of the week nowadays. Right. Um, and it's really a pivotal moment in American uh, in American history. In fact, the only reason I know um, something about it, or I uh, it was another interview with uh, a biographer of Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, Grant was a junior officer uh, in the American Army when during the Mexican War. Yes, and by happy coincidence, uh, Mr. Grant is. Uh, Billy Gogan's company commander, I see. a fascinating fellow, young uh, Sam Grant was, uh, and I, 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 I hope I've done him justice. I, I rather like him as a as a human being, flawed as he was, uh, brilliant as he was, um, and I t- I was able to, from his wonderful, and I, I, I can't 
overstate how wonderful uh, Grant's memoir was. Mm-hmm. But from his memoir and um, uh, James Longstreet's eulogy to him in the New York Times uh, when, he, when um, uh, Grant died in 1885, I gained just half a dozen wonderful little stories, little vignettes that uh, found their way into, uh, into Billy Gogan's uh, uh, experience in uh, uh, working for Mr. Grant. Yeah. Well, Grant's uh, memoir, just throw this in for what it's worth, uh, you may or may not know, was written very near the home of the Historian's Podcast. We're in the Capital District of Upstate New York, and uh, Grant wrote that memoir at uh, Saratoga, where friends, including Mark Twain and others, uh, found him a place where he could have solitude and care, and he was trying to get this uh, memoir done before he died so his wife wouldn't be in bad straits. That, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, and, and, and uh, by the way, just a few miles from where I uh, graduated from high school, uh, Shenandoah Central High School. Give it what? a shout out. Well, how about Walton that? Spa. So we, uh, we actually had our high school graduation at uh, the Saratoga Performing Arts Center some 40-odd years ago. <laughs> I'll be darned. Well, that's one thing I missed about you. I didn't yeah. realize you had a connection to our area as well. I, I do, and get up there every every so often, usually for a high school reunion or something like that. But uh, yeah, I I have always admired Grant, how that book's written, how it's structured, and I get this sense he just sat down and started writing from one end to the other. I mean, obviously he had his papers and whatnot to help him, you know, with dates and this and that and the other. But it was just it was just a story about who this man was and what he did. And I, I've always thought it was, uh, I, I think it's widely seen as perhaps the be- the first and the best of any memoirs written by any former American president. And Roger Higgins joins us. He is the author of a series of books, I believe he's published his second one now, about uh, an Irish immigrant uh, named uh, Billy Gogan from the 19th century. The, the the first book, which I think was what, Billy Gogan, America? I know we're into the Mexican War now, but uh, Gogan lives in New York, or he comes to America, lives in New York City in a very dangerous slum? He does, and this slum is called The Five Points. Um, uh, listeners may remember uh, the Martin Scorsese film about 20 years ago, The Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is takes place a few years later in uh, in the five points um and is uh, based on a book by a fellow named Herbert Asbury called The Gangs of New York uh and it turns out that uh that, you know it, when you do the research you find out these all these little uh, bomb mots but it turns out that Herbert Asbury um his he had probably cribbed most of his stories from um a book published in the 1880s by an old firefighter named Frankie Kernan, uh, the reminiscences of an old firefighting laddie. And, uh, of course, uh, the the film goes off in one direction, and uh, I use it for other purposes. But the, uh, it turns out that there's just this one book that's really written about the five points, um, along with uh, some experiences that um, Charles Dickens had, and um, in his, he did a tour of America, a speaking tour, where he would read. Uh, this was very popular in those days. Uh, you go and listen to a famous author read from his works on mm-hmm. stage. 
and he, uh, Dickens was on one of these tours and actually visited a couple of uh, sites in um, uh, the Five Points and you know provided a wonderful basis for uh, a number of uh, the stories that uh, show up in Billy Gogan American. But this this slum was really a, a sort of a a pressure cooker, a collision point for uh, a clashing set of cultures. Um, and, you know, a lot of the language and a lot of the, you know, how people felt would feel very familiar today to uh, to your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the Five Points, which was an amalgam of recent Irish immigrants, blacks who had been uh, African-Americans who had been freed from slavery in, what, 1828, so maybe 15, 17 years beforehand. You had a smattering of um, Polish Jews, Russians, Lithuanians, uh, and whatnot. And really, and then right next door, you had, um, uh, on on the Lower East Side, you had the Bowery Boys, in what became the Bowery. um, You had uh, ethnic white Americans. And you might ima- as you might imagine, uh, there was a lot of violence, and um, in no small part, gang and, and gang warfare. Um, this was really where uh, the cult, the gang culture in American cities uh, was born, and this is where Billy was for uh, about a year, um, making his way, and he has a series of adventures and uh, uh, successes and failures, as uh, as, en- as any of us will. Mm-hmm. Um, which ends up with him at the beginning of the second book being recruited into the um, U.S. Army and thus going down to uh, Corpus Christi and, uh, and Port Aransas uh, at the beginning of the second book. We're talking with Roger Higgins. More with him in just a moment. He's uh, writing a series of uh, historical novels about the character Billy Gogan, Billy Gogan American, and his uh, new one, Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier, uh, back in uh, just a moment on the Historian's Podcast, which is made possible by our GoFundMe campaign. And I'd like to ask if you could uh, make a small donation or a large donation uh, to our enterprise uh, to keep the Historian's Podcast, its uh, oral history on the air and online. Uh, the page to go to on the internet is GoFundMe.com forward slash 2019 The Historians. If you'd rather not give online, you can make out a check to me, Bob Cudmore, and send it to 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Roger Higgins is our guest on this episode of The Historians uh, podcast. The uh, uh, framing device, I guess, for your your new book, uh, Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier, has uh, Billy Gogan, uh, a la Ulysses S. Grant, remembering uh, the, his time in the Mexican-American War when he's an, a much older man. That's right. I was struck. It's funny you should ask that question because I was struck when you were uh, talking about your podcast and, and the importance of oral history because I really did frame this for a variety of reasons, um, as a as an old, as the memoir of an old man, and I've always envisioned him uh, sitting in his chair and dictating um, to a young lady these, these stories, 
and her writing them down. And that's, you know, and, and, and for better or for worse, that's the, that's the, that's the framing device for, uh, for these stories and this entire story cycle, which will take Billy through the entire Mexican-American War and uh, to the very end and, uh, you know, the withdrawal of American forces from uh, Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll see what happens to Billy at the end of all of that. But um, it, it was a really a fascinating time because it's recognizably modern for really the first time. It, it, the, the the sorts of things that that you and I take for granted newspapers, relatively quick communications. You know, the telegraph was just coming in in those days, um, and you know the. the the, the workarounds that uh, newsmen used to get the uh, uh, news to uh, their their uh, uh, reading public was fascinating, and indeed, uh, some of the uh, uh, stories in Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier revolve around that very uh, subject: the idea of embedded newsmen with uh, military uh, outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case. A little bit more informal then than it is today, uh, shall we say. But um, Billy gets involved with the uh, Texas Rangers at one point during the uh, story. And this entire regiment of um, Rangers goes south looking for mules because there are no roads in Mexico in those days uh, to speak of. And so they couldn't take their Conestoga wagons. They had to use... Uh, mules and mule trains, and uh, requiring hundreds, if not thousands, of mules, and that was how the U.S. Army proceeded south after they won their initial couple of battles at the beginning of the war. Uh, that's how they went south to Monterey, um, which was, uh, as uh, as one wag put it, a perfect Gibraltar, um, and that is where the climactic. Uh, uh, scenes of Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier uh, take place is during the Battle of Monterey, um, where the U.S. Army, which was outnumbered about two to one by the Mexican Army, uh, takes the city in a couple of days. And, you know, the reasons for this are rather uh, uh, rather interesting, um, you know, not the least of which was, uh, you know, the, just the, 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 the American officer corps was better than the Mexican officer corps. Mm-hmm. And uh, more ingenious, which isn't to say that uh, um, old rough and ready uh, Zachary Taylor, who later became president, was a particularly good general. He wasn't. He was widely uh, criticized for for a lot of what he did. But he was lucky enough to have some subordinates who really did know what they were doing, and uh, you know things fell into place. And this in this brutal battle of over a three day period um, could have been touch and go. But turns out, due to the uh, Texas Rangers and uh, uh, the uh, 5th uh, Infantry Regiment, were able to take some key positions and uh, take the city. In your book, uh, Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier, you said that after Gogan's in New York City in the slums for a while, he, he gets into the Army or he, he joins the Army. I mean, was there any thought that he shouldn't be in the Army because he's uh, Irish, for example? Well, you raise a good question. And what was interesting about that period of time was that around 50% of the U.S. Army, and it was tiny, it was only about 6,000 troops on active duty. So when Taylor's Army assembled, 
it had about 3,500 troops, which was more than half of all the available American uh, soldiers in, from the entire country, mm. down in one army. Mm. And um, this army was, it was a volunteer army, so there was no draft or anything like that. But, so the people who joined, the men who joined, uh, you had to be 21 ostensibly. Uh, that was, uh, I think, uh, uh, obeyed in the breach of the rule as much as anything. Um, and these these were uh, people who were starving very often. And in fact, the story of how Billy is recruited, I drew on a uh, the experiences of um, an Englishman named uh, George Ballantyne, um, who wrote this wonderful little uh, memoir of his time in uh, the U.S. Army during the Mexican-American War, and his rec- and his recruiting experience. And it turns out that more than half, or about half, the uh, soldiers in the army were either of Irish or German descent. And this was a huge problem, um, because the officers who were Native Americans, i.e. white men born in uh, the United States, Mm -hmm. we can uh, uh, appreciate, I think we can all appreciate the irony of the uh, the term as it was used then and is now used today, were very anti-Irish, and in fact, um, George McCall, who was um, uh, Grant's superior officer, was famous in his anti-Irishness, and uh, and uh, Captain, and in, later in the Civil War, General McCall, who ended up uh, working for Grant at one point during the uh, Civil War, uh, was well known for uh, his uh, anti-Irish views, but it, it and um, the the discipline in the Army during those days was utterly brutal and was not evenly distributed and very often uh, resulted from uh, xenophobia and uh, anti-Irish, anti-Catholic uh, sentiments. And those are uh, issues that are discussed in Billy Gogan, uh, uh, Gone for Soldier, uh, and on a number of occasions. Mm. And there's one particular nemesis of Billy Gogan, um, a, a senior uh, officer, well, he is a sergeant. He is the company uh, company first sergeant Hogs, and uh, everybody has to have a uh, bet noir, a, uh, uh, a an antagonist. And Hogs is uh, Billy's antagonist, and uh, you know Billy doesn't take kindly to this, uh, to his treatment by Hogs, and uh, this is evidenced from the uh, very earliest pages of uh, Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier. Uh, he, uh, Billy does get end up end up uh, early on being bucked and gagged, an utterly brutal um, uh, form of punishment, where you're for, you're shirtless and hatless in the broiling Texas summer sun, and kneeling with your hands tied behind your back, and a pole um, shoved behind you behind you through your elbows to force you to arch your back, and then a rag stuck into your mouth and you're left there all day and you can't um and, and you can't move and nobody can give you any water um and that's your punishment for whatever mm. uh, infraction you may have uh, incurred now you've already mentioned to us you're retired from the navy and your children serve or have served in the armed forces Do, did you use any of your family experiences in the, the billy gogan stories i you know, I there's 
there's when you're an officer, uh, there's a relationship that you have with your enlisted in, in those days enlisted men now enlisted folks. It's obviously both men and women. So part of the story really is that uh, about the relationship between a, a good young officer uh, Grant and a slightly precocious, um, smart, pain in the backside uh, enlisted man. Uh, in this case, Billy Gogan. And I know that um, uh, I, I, I looked at both my own experiences and some of the stories that my sons have had and stories that others have told me. And all of that clearly influenced how I put that uh, relationship together in the book. No question. And we're talking with Roger Higgins, uh, Billy Gogan, Gone for Soldier, his latest book. What about the, this other life experience of, of yours? Um, you have been a lawyer, uh, and I gather, you, you know, obviously, you know, listening to you, you were a, a, a storyteller. And maybe before you were a lawyer, you were a, a law clerk, if that's what it's called. And it's, it's, it's written here in your material that you learned the value of telling stories. Yeah. So when I, you know, when you go to law school, um, uh, they tell you, write sentences of less than 25 words and try to be intelligible. Because famously, lawyers and how they write is, uh, shall we say, impenetrable, or can be impenetrable. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real uh, uh, cross for the uh, legal profession to bear. But when I went and clerked for Judge Renato Begay on the U.S. Tax Court, um, wonderful gentleman, uh, now deceased, uh, Judge Begay told me that when you write the fact section of an opinion, you should have your reader on your side before they get to the law section. Because the law section is, that's just the analysis. You've got to get, you've got to win your readers over with, with, um, uh, with, with, with the fact section, the story. And, you know, I took that lesson and I had that lesson reinforced in me um, over my time as a bankruptcy and restructuring lawyer. Because when you file a company for bankruptcy as a debtor's counsel, one of the things you have to do is to convince the judge and all of the other constituents of the value of the company to be reorganized or whatever is going to happen with it in bankruptcy. And that's a story that you have to tell. And you've got to sell the story. And I think that uh, I, I really learned to write um, as a lawyer uh, both from Judge Begay and and from uh, my my time as a, as a debtor's counsel uh, at a large uh, law firm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is your second book in a, in a series. You're going to write more books, or maybe you're writing them already with Billy Gogan in them. Uh, what are the what's the idea of your? Uh, maybe we could call it your story arc for Billy yeah, Gogan. So cycle, and I made a promise uh, to my wife early on that I would take all of the plot lines and sew them up uh, as neatly as I could, and I think I'm, on, I'm still on track to be able to do that. Um, the third book, uh, which I am in the process of writing right now, is called uh, Billy Gogan, Sheltered by the Enemy. And um, it'll be no secret, because if you read the uh, teaser opening um, par- uh, uh, chapter, uh, for Billy Gogan, um, sheltered by the enemy at the end of uh, Gone for Soldier, 
uh, Billy is is a prisoner of war of a of a type. Um, famously, um, the Americans um, lost no prisoners or very few prisoners to uh, the Mexican army during the uh, Mexican-American War. Uh, Roger Higgins, uh, our guest, he, his latest book is uh, Billy Gogan, Gone for Soldier. You've been listening to the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.